Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. With um, Thanksgiving coming up next week, uh, especially as the rain came down today and uh, a bit more seasonal, appropriately seasonal, thank goodness, appropriately seasonal uh, in the air, um, my mind and heart has kind of been gearing up for Thanksgiving and uh, the holiday season. Um, even though I, I should mention right after Thanksgiving, I'm I'm going to Australia for a couple of weeks, and it's going to be summer there. So uh, I like that. <laughs> but uh, there's something so beautiful about Thanksgiving. Um, such a a heart-opening holiday, uh, my favorite uh, in some ways. No matter what's happening in in one's life, a time to reflect on one's blessings and and on gratitude. And I've spoken a lot on gratitude here. Um, I don't think you can overdo gratitude myself. Uh, but as I'm sure most of you sense, it's such a, a direct way to open the heart to wholesome states by seeing um, all the goodness in in your life and inside. As uh, as Sokni Rinpoche says, it's it's like um, putting out your satellite dish, and as you open up to say thank you, you can receive all, all the blessings and be, be present for them. Um, but I um, wanted to uh, talk in just one little um, twist or focus on gratitude tonight uh, for... Um, including the hard stuff in our life, in our gratitude practice. A few weeks ago, or last month, I talked about um, our amazingly good karma, uh, just to be alive and in a human, human form, and particularly if we've been exposed to the Dharma and uh, have opportunities to practice, um, that uh, you know so much to be thankful for, and it's easy to be thankful and grateful uh, when things are going well. But it's a little bit more challenging, and I think um, perhaps uh, even more powerful and important to have a still have a connection to the grateful heart when uh, things aren't going so well. It's so easy to shut down 
and contract and feel that uh, life is dealt us an unfair hand or going through a hard period and perhaps especially during the holiday season as as we all know sometimes it's one of the hardest times of year for many people and i think it's one of the i think it is the the highest uh, suicide rate um as one goes into the holidays so this is not a given that everybody is going to feel jolly and cheerful and grateful, um, depending upon their life circumstances, but and what their conditioning is and what their practice is. But to be uh, deeply connected to Dharma practice, this uh, offers a whole other way to open up to the challenging parts of our life. Not that we like it, not that we're so happy that things are difficult. That would be a bit of a stretch and unrealistic to say, oh, I'm so happy that so-and-so is, uh, is very ill or that I've lost uh, whoever it is. We have to feel our losses and our grief and our pain and our hurt fully. I'm not saying just pretend it's okay. We have to fully connect with our experience inside in order to process it wisely. And that, again, is one of the gifts of, of the Buddhist teachings. But um, to see, as the Buddha, I think, pointed out, the possibility of transformation through the difficulties, rather than thinking, this must be some kind of a mistake and if I were running the universe, I would have done a much better job than this to see, okay, where is the um, opening of the heart? What is the, um, the, the deepening of my understanding and compassion um, through these sorrows, through these difficulties? We've talked about it before, how the Buddha uh, suggested every day reflecting on the fact that we will become old. If we live long enough, we will become sick sooner or later. We will die. Everything and everyone near and dear to me, I will be separated from. And I am the owner of my karma Uh, my happiness and unhappiness depends on my actions. He says, think about that every day, uh, not to depress yourself, not to uh, bum yourself out, but to see, can I embrace this also as part of the um, curriculum of life that we're asked to open up to? And as... You probably have heard the Buddha saying when he 
was asked what he teaches, I teach about suffering and the end of suffering. And the more one can open up to our suffering, our sorrow, our pain, wisely, we can actually come to the end of suffering. So this mm, practice of gratitude uh, is really, this is advanced gratitude to be uh, to feel a grateful heart even in the midst of our uh, our sorrow and our loss and our pain. <clears throat> it's one thing to surrender to the way things are to open up to the way things are and surrender to it. You know, surrender is ultimately what we're talking about as freedom, surrendering our ego, our control, and thinking I should, I should be able to uh, either hold this differently or somehow change things the way that will make me feel happy uh, that's how most people go through their lives, uh, fighting with reality. But to surrender, to truly surrender and say, as in the Christian metaphor, not my will, but thy will. And in, this, in the Buddhist uh, teachings, um, I take refuge in the Dharma is really the same thing. I take refuge in what life is offering me now and, and presenting me uh, to wake up. It's one thing to surrender, to say, okay, I give up with a, a quality of acceptance or resignation, but to surrender and still have a heart of gratitude, this is... Uh, this is a profound um, quality of practice that I think is possible, that I know is possible, and is really, as it turns out, uh, the the way to true um, to f- true freedom. <clears throat> the Buddha talked about. Suffering as an opportunity to wake up. I've mentioned it here before, the the beautiful teaching on transcendental dependent arising, where the Buddha starts out this list by saying, suffering, when held skillfully, can be the causative factor for faith to arise doesn't necessarily lead to it, but it can be and often is the thing that wakes us up and shakes us out of our complacency and leads us to look for deeper answers and finding a deeper meaning. So suffering in this list, in this teaching, suffering can lead to faith. How many people... Maybe I'll I'll ask this again. How many people have been motivated by their suffering to look for some 
deeper meaning to life and answers that in, help support them on their spiritual journey. Just, there you go. So it's not some kind of hypothetical. This is real, that suffering can lead to faith. Faith can lead to gladness. Gladness can lead to joy, to contentment and equanimity, all the way to the higher stages of, of freedom. And it is a, a natural process of awakening to go through hard times. I was... I gave this uh, talk at, recently at the Heavenly Messengers uh, retreat, or at least uh, part. I didn't give this talk, but I gave. Uh, I mentioned uh, uh, part of it at the Heavenly Messengers retreat. I think I mentioned. I've mentioned here. I I, I um, share the uh, leadership of this program of uh, the Heavenly Messengers, which are old age, sickness, and death. The messengers that. Uh, that woke the Prince Siddhartha to leave the palace and set on his quest. And the fourth messenger, the, um, the ascetic, the renunciate, who was looking for the deepest kind of happiness. And that's what inspired the Buddha to set out on his quest. Those heavenly messengers, so we're, it's this program looking at, old, at aging, illness, and death as vehicles for awakening, so um, you might think, gosh, that's a kind of depressing program, but uh, it's fantastic. Uh, we're, we're a year into it, the third, we just finished the third out of five retreats, and uh, oh, we looked at uh, Alzheimer's this, uh, this time and dementia, and we looked at um, um, the right to die, and, uh, and we looked at um, a number of, things like that. And we've all had, Liz is in that program. Anybody else is in that program? No. Um, it's, it's a very rich feeling of connection as you explore this together. And, and it's uh, very beautiful and, and, and um, heartwarming feeling as we open up to all this, this stuff. But in this, in this one talk, I was talking about how um, ego disruption is not a bad thing. Um, and I was sharing about uh, the natural process of awakening uh, as laid out in the progress of insight, which is, the, which is a, a classical textbook of the unfolding of awakening that's uh, you can read about it in the Visuddhimagga, this very uh, wonderful commentary, The Path of Purification. Uh, and uh, in, um, you can look at The Progress of Insight, a little uh, uh, treatise by Mahasi Sayadaw, where he talks about going through these classical insights. And after you see in a very profound way uh, that you're not who you thought you are and uh, opening up to very delicious, beautiful states of consciousness arising and passing of phenomena. And you see how, 
how it's all so uh, so so empty, and it's it, at first it's a very beautiful and um, magical kind of uh, way of seeing things, and then after that, in the classical model, and doesn't always follow this textbook like, but after that comes. Um, you see how everything is just dissolving in front of you, dissolution, which leads to fear, which leads to fear and terror, misery, loathing and disgust, and urge for deliverance. And finally, uh, you open up to high equanimity and, um, and then uh, awakening. And this is just like the hero's journey, the classical hero's journey, that you need to go through the hard stuff to come out the other end. That life isn't just clear sailing and, uh, yeah, maybe I can navigate and sail through and leave unscathed. That's not what this life is about. So when you're going through hard stuff, this is part of your hero's journey. This is what helps to deepen you. This is what helps to um, find your inner courage and strength and wisdom. You get tempered by going through those difficulties. It's like Kali, you know, the, uh, the goddess, the Hindu goddess Kali, with skulls, uh, and fangs, skulls, a necklace of skulls and fangs and a saber with blood and all, that we pray to the, to the goddess Kali to come and um, strip away all, uh, all the things that, that keep us from seeing the truth. And Kali becomes Durga, becomes the beautiful expression of of the goddess. So this is a natural kind of a thing. If we see it that way, then it's not, why is this happening to me? It's, uh, how can I awaken through this? So gratitude, how to get gratitude for this? First, to see that this is a natural part of the process of life, that you don't have to, that the more you run from your feelings and your pain, uh, the more it will follow you. But to be, to find all the support you can get and to take it a little at a time and to say, oh yes, this is part of life as well, then you start to find you have those capacities that you didn't know were there. And it's very important to know how much you can take in and not just say, okay, I'll be a good Buddhist and just get in over my head. That doesn't, that's not so useful. You need to uh, titrate your dukkha. You need to take it just enough so you're not overwhelmed by it. But being able to hold it 
with great kindness and great compassion is a key step in this. I'll, I'll share with you a little bit of that mindful self-compassion that, that Jane uh, is going to be teaching in, uh, uh, next month. Just a very simple and effective um, principle that Kristen Neff and Chris Germer come up with to hold your pain. First, you have to learn how to hold your pain before you can open up with gratitude. Very simple. Put your hand on your, on your heart, which uh, right away, hopefully you can feel the comfort as it opens up uh, the oxytocin, releases oxytocin, the feel-good hormone, and stimulates the vagus nerve, the feel-good compassion nerve. And just as you're feeling that tender touch, you're saying to yourself, ah, this is a moment of suffering. Suffering is a part of life. And you might think of everybody who is going through what you might be challenged with. Suffering is a part of life. May I hold my suffering with kindness and compassion. This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is a part of life. May I hold my suffering with kindness and compassion. And just letting yourself feel the, the tender touch. And realize that you can both receive that tenderness and you can give that to yourself too. You're the one receiving and you're the one giving. Isn't that amazing that you have the capacity to comfort yourself and to take it in? And that you're wired up to respond to a tender touch. So, before we can open up to gratitude, we have to really be able to comfort ourselves and receive comfort. Now, gratitude, um, there are certain gratitude squelchers, things that definitely get in the way mental constructs and ideas that keep us from opening up to even the good stuff, let alone the the challenging stuff. Um, Living in the past. That is, if we keep replaying what's happened and think, oh, because of this, 
I can't, you can fill in the blank, because this happened, I'll always be, you can fill in the blank, or um, having guilt for things that have happened that you were not so conscious of. If you keep on living in the past, it's very hard to be awake here in the present. So one thing that gratitude does is it actually brings you into the present. And we can live in the past either with uh, guilt or regret or, uh, or things that have happened that we couldn't let go of. Or we can live in the past, oh, those were the good old days. And those days have gone now. Well, that's assuming that you know how it's going to be from here on in, isn't it? Which is a kind of uh, very uh, misguided perception. Oh, those were the good old days. This is the only day there is. Don't miss it. Or living in the future. If things are challenging now, uh uh-oh, what if they get worse? What if I'm just headed in one direction? Well, if you keep on thinking that's where you're headed, that will be where you're headed. Um, Because internally, you will likely be looking for confirmation of how things aren't working out. That's how the brain works. It is, is subject to a confirmation bias where you don't see all the goodness around you. So looking in the future, either with worry or my life will be better when... I remember when I was in my 20s and I really was hoping and praying that I'd meet the right person. And uh, it was really hard in those days, just wondering if I'd ever meet the right person. And not that meeting the right person is a guarantee that you'll be happily ever after. We People meet the right person all the time, and then after the dopamine wears off, uh, they suddenly aren't quite as right. Uh, but uh, I was fortunate, and I did meet the right person, even though sometimes it's a lot of work. Relationships are work. But I just felt that my life was not complete. And uh, it was very painful, very lonely, and my life was actually quite amazing. But I was busy thinking that my life was incomplete, and I couldn't see all the incredible things that were right there in my life. Think of all the people who are with somebody, and they're still, their life is not complete. Or there can be a great loneliness. There's no guarantee that finding a partner, it's going to be 
the end of your loneliness. But we can project these ideas, when this happens, then I'll be okay. And until then, there's something missing. So gratitude is, is really about seeing what's here right now and how can I use this to wake up? Or we, if things are difficult, can easily get into, uh, oh, life is not being fair to me. And it's true, life isn't fair one could say, even though if you believe in karma, there is a lawful unfolding of it all. But exactly why something would happen to you at a certain time, uh, there's no explaining. But how we hold our experience makes all the difference in the world. And I, I share this story of a friend of mine. I, I write this in, uh, in the book, Awakening Joy. My friend, Catherine Abbey, who I've known for years. We used to teach school together in uh, uh, in New York City. She was the art teacher, and and I, my classroom is just across the way, and we became very close friends, and still are. And um, about uh, six or seven years now uh, ago, um, she got throat cancer, and it's a, it's not. It's a very difficult process. And she went through eight months of chemotherapy and radiation and uh, feeding tubes. And it was really, uh, it was quite an ordeal. But she has very powerful, uh, wonderful spiritual practice. And she was just a trooper going through it all. And she came out the other end and she was so grateful. And then three months after she was supposedly cleared, they had some signs of malignant cells in her lungs, which can sometimes happen in that particular kind of cancer. And she was told that she had, um, she had a choice. She could have two different kind, go two different routes. One, a less invasive procedure that removes some tissue, but it didn't guarantee that it would take care of things, or a more invasive procedure that would remove the upper lobe of one of her lungs where those cells were, um, and that would pretty much guarantee take care of it. So she decided after having gone through the, this whole ordeal with throat cancer, she was going to go for it and just say, okay, let's just make sure it's all taken care of. And she prayed that she would be free of cancer in her lungs. They did the procedure. They took out the lobe. And then they told her um, it was a false read. And there were no cancer cells. So what did she do? She reflected and said, my prayer was that I would be free of cancer and there would be no cancer in my lungs. 
I can either be bitter and angry or realize I got my prayers answered. And that's what she did. It's pretty amazing. And of course, it makes such sense. I mean, of course, you can say, oh, gee, if only and all that. But there's just so much that, that medical, uh, uh, the, the medical field can do. But she got her prayer answered, and she decided that being bitter was just going to compound the problem. And so she turned it into a gratitude practice. I got my prayers answered. Gratitude is saying yes to life. Gratitude, even when things are difficult, is saying, this is what life is giving me now. May I learn whatever I can through it. May I deepen my compassion. May I find strength that I didn't know was there. And may I surrender and appreciate all the goodness that there is to see and that there is to experience. Because bitterness just makes us more contracted, just creates more pain and suffering. Mm. We can even be grateful for those who challenge us, who are difficult for us. Not that you'd want to have a big cast of characters to deepen your compassion. But if there they are, and knowing how to take care of yourself enough so that you're not overwhelmed, that they become your teachers and teachings. And sometimes people can disappoint us, especially it happens so often that people disappoint us that, we, that we've depended on or that were once there for us and then they're not there. And that can be, again, a source of real sadness and bitterness and feeling betrayed or all of those things. This is, this is not something that will deepen your um, awakening. As human as it is, but to see that everybody in your life, everybody in your life is part of your unfolding. Uh, again, I, I, I mention this in, uh, in, in the book um, about this understanding that came to me. Um, one, one day I was, I was reading when Adam, my son Adam, uh, was very little, we used to read together. I used to love, it was one of my favorite things, reading with, with, uh, with him uh, uh, each evening. Um, and um, I was reading uh, this book called The Black Cauldron. It was a kid's book. Um, 
it was a really fabulous kind of Chronicles of Narnia uh, style uh, fantasy. And this one is the, the second of a five series, uh, five books, The Chronicles of Prydain by Lloyd Alexander and this book, The Black Cauldron. Uh, the, the two sides, the heroes uh, are going up against the, the bad guys, of course, and one of the hero, one of the the um, members of the of the good side, turns and becomes uh, and goes to uh, the the evil side. Um, and he had been a key figure in the whole story before he turned. And at the very end of the story, and I'm reading this to with Adam, um, the wise mentor of the protagonist, uh, whose the protagonist's name is Taran, and the mentor is named Gwydion, he says, now we must honor all, all the, those who helped us to victory. And they named all the names and did a ritual for all the, the great heroes that that uh, died in the in the battle, and then he included this fellow who also had died in the battle, but on the other side, and he named him, and Taran said, "How can we honor him? He went to the other side, and uh, mm, just getting shivers as I'm remembering it, and." Uh, Gwydion said, yes, he went to the other side, but if he hadn't been here in this battle and he hadn't done this at this point and he hadn't done that, we would have never gotten to where we were. And so we need to honor his part in our victory. And I remember reading that and uh, putting down the book and tearing up when I thought of all the people in my life who I had put on a pedestal that had somehow fallen off the pedestal in my mind. And somehow, oh yeah, well, they weren't all they were cracked up to be. And then I realized, like Gwydion, oh my goodness, what benefactors, how much they opened my heart at the right time, how much I learned and I was there for them, whether it's spiritual guides or people in my life that I benefited from. And I started to hold all of the people in my life in a whole different way. How grateful all part of this amazing unfolding and this show. So to see the gifts of dukkha and to see about holding it in a different way, this is uh, Carolyn Hobbs who wrote a book uh, called Joy No Matter What. And she says about gratitude, mm, 
saying yes to life, we often think if only life were a little different, better, easier, more comfortable, more in my favor, then I could feel joy. We hold our joy out there like a carrot on a stick, saying, when I get through this conflict with my boss or my mother, then maybe I'll have a moment of joy. Or when I get past my depression, my despair, my loneliness. But the potential for true well-being is always present. And the key to accessing it is saying yes to whatever is true in this moment. Whether or not we like what's going on or expected it. Think of something, in fact, let's do this as an exercise. Close your eyes, and then we'll check in with each other. Think of something in your life that you're not too happy about right now. Maybe a conflict, maybe a health issue, something you wish hadn't appeared at all. Now, without any judgment, notice your first reaction. And now, try saying yes to this situation. Yes, this is part of my life too. And notice what happens inside you as you say yes to this too. What you're experiencing may not be what you wanted or expected, but saying yes can empower you and give you the courage to handle whatever rests on your plate. Just try it. Yes, this is part of my life. If you look back on your life, there probably are many, many lessons that have come through those difficulties. That's usually how it works, like all those hands that went up before. I'll just finish with this, uh, this beautiful poem about this, and then we can see what's in the, in, the audi- in the group, in the audience. By Dana Falls, Every Step is Holy. The journey from the known to the unknown, from the, re- from the unreal to the real, is rarely revealed in advance. The potholes, detours, false starts, and quick retreats are each honorable and even needed in the bigger scheme, in the forest that can't be seen between the trees. It took me years to realize that the very twists and turns and shadows 
I labeled problems were really sacred ground, grace disguised as obstacles. The whole path, a pilgrimage, mysteries bearing themselves before me all along the way. So um, we can take some time if there's any anything, any comments, anything that you came up with uh, as you got in touch with um, saying yes, anything that you want to bring up for a few minutes before we end. Here, hang on, just uh, uh, thanks, Andrew. The name of that poet, please. The name of that poem is called Every Step is Holy. And the poet? The poet is Dana Falds, D-A-N-N-A-F-A-U-L-D-S. Thank you. Every step is holy. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, um, I wanted to make the point that... um, when the news came out this week, I think it was this week that uh, they landed the uh, probe on the comet. Mm. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, wow, that's kind of magnificent human accomplishment. And then I was thinking about our planet, and, uh, you know, in, the, in that m- magnificent universe that we're in. And then I was thinking about us and how magnificent we are and all the species on our planet and how stunning it is to have the recognition of the preciousness and the magnificence of life. And if we can just think about that for maybe just a few seconds every day, that's truly something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. That's why that was my my, um, path to the Dharma was through astronomy when I'd... I dragged my parents to, to the Hayden Planetarium as much as I could in New York and just look up. At, you couldn't see stars in New York, but you go to the planetarium. They always had good star show. Like, wow. Wow. What is going on? And you couldn't, can't see the Earth in all that. This little speck of dust kind of gives a little perspective to your little drama, right? Yeah. It's all a miracle. Nothing. Content. Okay, then we can uh, we can just end. I just uh, you know if you can if you can open up to this, open up to include the hard stuff in gratitude. Just imagine how easy it is to open up to all the good stuff. <clears throat> Sometimes we can miss the good stuff too in our busyness. Um, so I. 
I wish you a, a really rich Thanksgiving, no matter what is happening in your life. You can make everyday Thanksgiving, uh, no matter what is happening. If there's many blessings in your life, don't miss them, and and don't miss out on expressing your appreciation to others, because once the thought gets expressed as word or action, the karmic impact is much deeper. It's wonderful to have a thought of gratitude. It's much more powerful to express your appreciation and that bond that you both share is heightened tremendously. And even for the difficulties, just practice saying yes to this too. Saying no and contracting and wishing things were different, uh, this is not what the Buddha had in mind. Things are the way they are. Can I surrender and still have a heart of gratitude? And then you become a kind of uh, an agent of, of well-being that affects everybody around you. So you're not just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for everybody. Okay, so we'll close. Brief loving kindness. Just uh, the miracle of being alive in a body with a consciousness and a heart and the Dharma and like-minded friends. May I appreciate all the goodness in my life. May I open to all the challenges wisely and deepen my compassion and understanding. May all know real happiness and peace. And may our uh, coming together here and sharing the Dharma uh, be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you very much. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.